Welcome to Leadership, the Future, and Tea, featuring our special guests, hosted by Andy Davis and N. Moffitt, a podcast for people who are passionate about making a difference at work. Welcome, everybody, to Leadership, the Future, and Tea. This is Andy Davis, and today I'm joined by a very special guest, Amy Jensu. Amy, welcome and hello. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Oh, it's wonderful. Also joined by Ian Moffitt, my colleague. Hello, Andy and Amy. An absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you, Ian. It's great to be here. Amy, uh, as I was just explaining to you, we we love to introduce our, our wonderful guests to our listeners because um, you've all got such varied backgrounds and, uh, and incredible achievements. So, Amy, just bear with me and save your blushes, OK, because I'm just going to read a little bit about you, OK, and then I promise we'll get into the podcast. So Amy Jensu is co-founder and managing partner on, of Paravis Partners, a boutique executive coaching and leadership development firm. For almost two days, decades, Amy Jensu has partnered with investment professionals, CEOs and executives to sustain and increase their leadership effectiveness as they drive organizational change and transformation. Amy is a frequent contributor to the Harvard Business Review online and has written for many publications, including Huffington Post and Leader to Leader magazine. Amy, what a great selection of things there, hey? Thank you. Yes, I'm very fortunate to do work that, like the both of you, I really enjoy and love and brings me into contact with great people. Oh, that's that's amazing. And let me tell you, Amy, I know that I've read your HBR articles, okay? Um, and I think I, I read a couple of those uh, shortly before actually finding your book. And uh, we're going to talk about that in a minute. But um, but yeah, and, uh, and let me tell you, okay, you're, you're a true blood entrepreneur as well, aren't you? Which we also love. Very lucky to own my own business with two other partners, and we're a small boutique of 25 professionals and all just trying to do some good things out in the world. Fantastic. Yeah, it's marvelous. And uh, and and again, in terms of uh, for other leaders out there, um, we will come on to this, but please do reach out and connect with Amy. There's a lot of stuff that people can learn from her, especially from a book as well, that we'll come back to. Um, but yeah, she, she's she's a real leader of our own company. So um, there you go. So that, that's talking from power. Okay. It's fantastic. Amy, we're super excited to have you and we want to learn from you. That's the whole reason we invite wonderful people like you on our, on our show. Uh, Amy, please just start us off if you may, and uh, just tell us about who your leadership role model is and why. Leadership role model. When I think about that, who I most aspire to be like, the person that comes to mind is my 75 year old mother. And, you know, it, she reminds me of an adage that a CEO once shared with me, which was leadership isn't a title. You know, it's about who you are, the decisions you make, the actions yep. you take, the impact you have on others. And truthfully, my mom was a daycare teacher mm -hmm. for most of her career. She took care of two-year-old kids, so not yep. an easy job. No. But when I reflect on the impact she had on those kids, on her yeah. classroom, on our family, she did a lot of volunteer work in her uh, later stage of life after she retired. She's a breast cancer survivor. Wow. And so she's just an incredibly resilient, tough woman who's kind and, you know, always taught us. And I observed her always trying to do the right thing. And I was thinking about, you know, if you think of Jim Collins's article, Level 5 Leadership and a Level 5 Leader, where a leader exemplifies the paradox of iron will and great humility. I think that's the perfect way of describing my mom and who I try to be in the world as well. Brilliant. 
what, what a great role model to learn from. Uh, there's some yeah. incredibly powerful things there that you've just mentioned. And um, and listen, I'm going to say it right now, though. So anybody that's out there that is uh, a leader of two-year-olds in a classroom and looking after them, um, that yes. ticks so many boxes. Don't let anybody tell you that you're not a leader because right from the age of two, you're influencing the lives of those young people. And uh, at that point in time, you're one of their role models. So um, if you are listening to this, you're one of those people you are leaders, okay? So keep you doing are, that, you are you are developing people. You yeah. are you are developing that future right. leaders. Yeah, we we talk about this as well, Amy, uh, which is about leaders developing leaders, and uh, I, yes. I I think it's one of the most amazing things as a leader that you can do. I agree. I think that shift from being a leader of your work to leader of teams to really mm. then saying, what's it mean to be a leader of leaders? Yeah. is the ultimate as you continue to, to traverse that journey of leadership yourself. Yeah, yeah, super powerful. I think that uh, I only realized uh, later on in life that actually that opportunity to uh, lead and develop uh, leaders with me and around me, um, yeah, I only realized it after I'd done it. And uh, you, you look back and you think, good God, I, I'd have done a better job. I'd have tried really a lot harder. And uh, yeah, so I'm now more aware of it. I hope that other people are aware of that as well and the challenges it brings. But you get to work with leaders across a whole range of sectors and a whole range of companies across a massive country. So when you see those people, what is it that you look for? What are the traits that you see in leaders that you just think, yes, that's it? What a great question. You know, there's so many leadership traits that you could choose from. But three that come to mind as you asked me that, Andy and Ian, is First, I would say their ability to think strategically and bring really good judgment. I think as you uh, grow as a leader, as you take on more span of control, the decisions you have to make become incredibly nuanced and complex. So number Mm. one, a leader who brings judgment to say, there's a gray zone here. And how do I think about the time horizon? How do I think about the impact on various stakeholder groups to get to the best decision or best answer is certainly not easy. So number one would be that business judgment. Number two would be uh, what we were just talking about, the people leadership and the communication ability, right? As you grow in your career, there's a point where you realize even if you're the most phenomenal producer, you have to learn to work with others or through others. Um, And so that's a really key thing that you value others and getting work done with others. Um, and that you can communicate one-to-one, one-to-team, one-to-many as a leader. And then finally, the third trait that comes to mind, which I don't know that we talk about often enough, is really leadership maturity. Mm. As we grow, as we season, and I don't think this is chronological age. Mm -hmm. I think you can meet a 20-something-year-old earlier in their career and smell and sense that they have this. But this is about self-awareness about self-regulation, and that even as you face challenge or tough decisions, you are not bringing your reactive self or what you think is in your own best interest or self-preservation, but again, you come back to those ethics and the integrity of trying to do what's right. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. yeah, so much stuff there. I, 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 I want to talk about a lot of that, especially about doing what's right, but I'm, I'm going to talk about, you mentioned the word gray and gray area. Yeah. Yes. For a lot of leaders out there, one of the most powerful things to be able to do is to deal with ambiguity. And if, if you can only deal in black and white, then you're not going to get that far. Uh, th- being able to soak up that ambiguity and especially 
then talk about it and make it comfortable for your team is is a sign of a true leader. If you can do that, that's one of the real challenges in life. Uh, but yeah, Ian, what do you reckon? Uh, no, absolutely. I, I, I love it. I, I really do. And as you say, I don't think it's it's age, tenure or anything. It's, um, you know, I think it's it's quite tied to your, your own emotional intelligence as well and your experience. But um, uh, we're, we're seeing it play out, right? We're seeing leaders all around, you know, the world and in regions and countries and states acting in different ways. And they are dealing with they're dealing with mass ambiguity at the moment. So, mm. um, you know, outside of COVID, you know, that that sort of progress of globalization continued. What are some of the kind of key global challenges that you're seeing most often with the, with the leaders that you deal with? I do think this trend towards globalization is bringing a lot of new challenges. I think, number one, we're just working with many more people than ever before. Yeah. Right. Not in our office where we can. And certainly during COVID right now, none of us are walking down the hall to see people. <laughs> yeah. But for organizations that are multinational, uh, folks have had to learn how do I navigate time zones? How do I navigate culture differences? Yeah. How do I think about issues of centralization, decentralization, localization mm -hmm. versus um, not. And so those are complex issues. And so when you look at then functional matrices overlaid on top of global ge geography, mm -hmm. again, I think as we're talking here, leaders who can navigate that kind of complexity, that kind of ambiguity with respect while maintaining their own voice and their own vision is, is pretty complicated. And then I think more broadly, uh, irrespective of what culture you work in, I'm hearing across all of my clients just the feeling of never having enough hours in the day. Yeah. And, you know, our plates being overloaded on and full on top of that. Yeah. I, there's, there's so many people we we talk to now are quite happy, uh, you know, quite happy to say a, a great way of expressing it is being overwhelmed, you know. Yeah. And I think, yeah. you know, there needs to be a admission that there is there is a huge amount of change and a huge amount of inputs that we have to as you say navigate and it can be overwhelming but it's how we deal with it in that maturity yes do you work with leads at the moment that would would be brave enough to put the hand up and say i'm overwhelmed by the covid thing at the moment i think that those leaders it's a balancing act right mm. on the one hand i think it's very important especially when you're communicating with your teams to show your humanity yeah. so i think it's very important for a leader to acknowledge we are going through one of the most unprecedented times um, that this generation and lifetime has seen. Yeah, and yeah. so to share how that's impacting you as a leader and as a person is incredibly connective and I think soothing to the workforce. And at the same time, while bringing your humanity, I think you also need to show your strength and your comfort of others and that we will get through this. Yeah. There is a game plan mm. and here's how we'll proceed each day. Yeah. Yeah, that, it's that humanity thing, isn't it? As always, it mm -hmm. keeps coming back to that. That um, leaders are human; they're not they're not robots. They're not, you know, completely adverse to getting upset by things or anything else. That they are human. So yeah, everybody gets affected by it, and and the more that you can be honest with people, the better it is. So yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, I want to go and talk about your book now. Okay, and and I have to tell everybody that um, I I saw Amy's book online and I ordered it and thought what's this about let me have a quick read of this and i was really blown away by it it was just it's just refreshing i think that's the the key word i'd use to describe it it was really a fantastic read it's called 
the leader you want to be, five essential principles for bringing out your best self every day. And following me sitting there reading this book one Sunday afternoon, I reached out to Amy. And Amy, thank you for taking the time to respond on that LinkedIn sort of reach out uh, email. It was just, again, a straightforward conversation, wasn't it, that we had about loved your book, can we talk, can we get involved in a podcast? And, uh, and Amy, you were just really nice and natural about it. And here we are today. And one of the key parts of that is that you talked about the, the 5P path to lead a mindset. Now, I'm not going to tell everybody about the difference between leader <laughs> A and leader B, okay? Um, <laughs> people need to go and buy the book for that one. Um, but can you just tell us a little bit more, please, about the 5Ps? And just so everybody knows what we're about to say, we're talking of purpose, process, people, presence, and peace. Andy, thank you for your support of the book. And also, I was so glad when you reached out on LinkedIn. It's one of the joys of this work where people you never knew in your lifetime yeah. uh, reach out and suddenly a new connection uh, is formed. So I appreciate that. And the 5P framework was really, um, as I stepped back and thought about the work that we had done with leaders and when I observed people's external world changing, whether um, that's COVID, whether that's you're taking on a new job, whether that's your company has grown, so you have the same title, but your job is actually way bigger and yeah. way different. What was a methodical way that you could help a leader reboot, disrupt themselves, reinvent, and yeah. against which work streams? And so really, if you think about the five Ps, purpose is about resetting our compass against both our contribution to the organization, as well as what brings us passion. And too often, people either too narrowly define their contribution or lose touch with what gives them inspiration at work. So yeah. that's the first P. The second P follows right along in terms of process, because if you have a new role or a new life situation, if you don't disrupt and reorganize your operating system, then you will not be protecting your time and energy and other people <laughs> will eat it right away. So that's mm -hmm. a critical tactical nuts and bolts part of the framework. And then as we've talked about people, again, you can't raise your own game unless you're willing to raise the game of others. Mm -hmm. And so very critical that as that job grows or your life situation changes, who are the people? How do I organize my team? How do I make sure I have the right people on the bus? And what's my network of support to do that? So the first three Ps of the five Ps is really about your effectiveness, your performance, and how do you keep raising your game? Yeah. Then the second two Ps, we ended up adding because we felt like it was so important to address the internal landscape of the leader. So the last two Ps are presence and peace, which really address how do we self-regulate? How do we honor our emotions? How do we bring compassion to the game? And how do we ultimately loosen the grip? I have so many leaders I work with who are just such good people working really, really hard, mm, yeah. delivering phenomenal results. And it breaks my heart that there is no joy or personal satisfaction in the overwhelm of every day. So the last yeah. two chapters really try to address how do we cut ourselves a break yeah. and just take a moment to enjoy, you know, the life that we are living. Oh, I've got to ask. I mean, that, that's a fantastic list. I've got to ask about peace. I read that and I read it a few times over and I think it, it took me a, a few minutes to really comprehend that. Could you just tell us a little bit more about that element, please? Because uh, I just want people to understand that. And the reason I say this is that there's some words that we don't see very often in leadership discussions. 
Okay. In, 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 bis, in, in business, business discussions, yeah, in general, correct, business yeah. school, you wouldn't probably ever hear that word. You, you wouldn't. Profit. And so peace, I want to just talk a little bit more about it. And part of my reason is that um, I'm just going to give a shout out now that we've got a wonderful lady uh, coming onto a podcast in a few weeks times called Yatundi Hoffman. And she wrote a book which is all about love. Okay, in leadership. So I'm going to ask her the same question. Okay, that's yeah. a heads up for you, Tundi. But yeah. for you, um, yeah, can you just tell us a bit about more peace, please? Thank you. I, for me, in my heart of hearts, the peace chapter is probably my favorite. Ah. Um, it's something. It's probably a little autobiographical. That which you struggle with yourself, you tend to think about and write about. Um, but I feel like again, leadership brings an awesome amount of responsibility and accountability. You are the steward of resource, the steward of other people's lives in some ways. And so with that, we can either hold that very tightly and hold that as a burden, or we can learn to balance that with um, some equanimity, with a little bit of lightness and being able to, I think, sit in between both awesome responsibility and also levity is not easy to do. And so I felt that addressing peace and what does it mean to cultivate peace within ourselves not only makes the leadership experience better for you, but I think then allows you to telegraph a different calm, a different presence, a different impact out to your teams. And right now, especially at a time when I think people are not feeling peace. Yeah. Yeah. In the moment. Yeah. Powerful, powerful stuff. Fantastic. Fantastic recollection. Thank you for that. Yes. Thank you. Now, I want to, um, well, I feel like I'm bringing it big down to it. That was, that was a really brilliant moment. So thank you. Don't On, worry, Ian. Just a nice segue and I'll do it. You, and you'll escape yeah. coming <laughs> radically down from that. <laughs> the um, HBR article, we spoke about it at the uh, just before we started the podcast. I, I loved this whole idea of, you know, just, systems that make it really clear for you to be able to categorize what's going on how you're actually going to prioritize work we're all we're all juggling with changing priorities coming in um and your article i thought was so good in just distilling that down into something that's memorable uh, people can use it's practical each day um do you think do you think though generally leaders are struggling at the moment with prioritization of tasks given all the situation that's going on your people I do think prioritization is really uh, compromised and at risk right now. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean that with judgment. I think uh, there's pressure uh, just to do a lot. There is a lot going on. And so the guidance is more around, can you pause and step back? We're yeah. all guilty of this. Dive right into the email, dive right into the fire yeah. fighting that needs to happen that day. And yes, will that happen? Yes, it will continue to happen. It but works. can we find moments of pause to step back and say, wait a minute, what is the North Star that we've defined for the company or for the team? And what is the difference between North Star and noise? And then how can I provide a concrete practical framework to help my team sort through the noise and the North Star. So the intent of that article was to say, hey, everybody has their favorite two by two in terms of yeah, filtering, yeah. triaging your yeses and nos. And for me personally, the one I have found very effective for leaders has been, you can never lose sight of your contribution. So of that long to-do list, what are the top three by the end of this year that you actually want to be able to, if you had to publish it, in a newspaper article, what are the top three things you'd want yeah. to say 
organization or your team achieved? So what is truly your highest and best use as a leader at this moment? And then what's your highest and best juice? Like, what are you passionate about when you look at the last quarter? What were your favorite meetings? What were your favorite projects? What were the deliverables that when you turn them in, you felt tremendous satisfaction? And that gives you insight. And so really the sweet spot of contribution plus passion is Mm -hmm. my hope for people in the world that we get enough of that in our work day. We, we, we often talk about um, the concept of flow and this idea of, of being, being in an activity or a program of activities where you almost get lost in the work because you're doing something that you, you know, has purpose and you have passion behind it. Um, and it's often associated with the most productive time as well. So it's a, it's a similar sort of, it's a, it's a difference, but it's a similar sort of concept. Yeah. Absolutely. Folks will say when they're living at that sweet spot of I made yeah. a difference and I yeah. enjoy what I did, to your point, yeah. that yeah. flow state, yeah. that absorption, that presence is, you know, you yeah. don't even sense time. That's, that's it. it. That, that's, that's the spirit. It. That's flowing right in a nutshell. The, the passage yeah. of time, you don't even notice it. Uh, yeah. Um, days become hours and uh, hours become minutes, etc. Yeah, that is flow. And uh, just to um, prove a little bit more to all the listeners that have read your book, page 36, uh, purpose equals contribution and passion. And the equation is explained there for people yeah. if they want to actually read that Love in it. more detail. Okay. Love it. Um, so, yeah, this is, it's great. And what you talked about there, I thought was really interesting, okay, in terms of using that two by two with uh, the, the leaders that you work with in order to help them understand that prioritization. So, not naming names, okay, but just thinking about those <laughs> leaders that you have the privilege of working with. What's the change that you want to see most in those leaderships teams that you work with? I think the leadership teams that I work with, I most hope that they together, so if we're thinking of that sweet spot, when you then bring that to a team level, what is it that we're all working towards together? And I think too often, especially right now, it's so interesting. So many of my leaders are going through their annual operating processes and budget setting. And you immediately see the tensions among islands and silos. And people start operating like they're on a swim team. And suddenly any sense of a crew team, you know, I love that visual of a group in a boat rowing, soccer team in harmony, passing the ball, just goes away. And so what I would most hope for teams is, How do you find that common mission point uh, that your goals are shared? How do you not have it be personal? Because I think we've all had a team experience at some point in our life where ego was not involved. We were really, truly working towards something together. And I think when you ask leaders, what have been some of your best experiences in your career? They will recap those moments with another group of people. Yeah, I think that's fair. So true. I think if I think back to my own experiences as well, I can definitely uh, think about some of those. So, yeah, it, it is it is really, really key. In terms of, the again, the leaders that you work with, in terms of, again, we've said that you're an entrepreneur, you've got your own business, and you've been incredibly successful at, at growing this business out. What has your network meant to you when doing that? Because I think that's a key facet for people. And also, secondary to that, do you actively build it or is it just a, a passive build? It's, um, you know, I love what you're asking here, Andy and Ian. I think where I, uh, one of my own biggest takeaways on this leadership journey is that it truly, truly takes a village. Mm. I do not 
cannot take credit for the experiences that I have or where I am in this journey. It has been a multitude of people that I couldn't even begin to name that have made it possible. So I think to your second question, it's been an and both where uh, it's been uh, largely organic. So we as an organization have never done active marketing. We have been purely word of mouth, both the way we built our internal team and the way we built our client base. Somebody Mm -hmm. somehow knew somebody that led to a wonderful referral or door opening. Um, Or, Andy, as you described how we had this lovely conversation on LinkedIn, and now we're having this wonderful conversation together. So that's the emergent part. And then I would say that I have also been intentional and conscious that when you're in the presence of good people and you feel a shared mission and you feel the synergy between you, I am pretty intentional about building and preserving relationships. So I I think it's both allowing the universe, if you will, to bring forward the people who are meant to be in your life as much as it is be a good citizen of your network. Don't just reach out to people when you need something, you know, have them in your mind. Think about where the synergies are um, and then be intentional. Who are the accountability buddies in your life? Mm. Who are the helicopters who bring you a special point of view or an aerial view? Who are your cheerleaders? Who are your safe harbors? And as you come to find those people, um, show them the due respect and thanks for the support they offer and be that for other people. So we had helicopters, we had safe harbors, um, cheerleaders. What's the fourth one? Um, Accountability buddies. I think we should all have a mirror in our life, somebody who holds up the mirror. (laughs) So so on a couple of these podcasts, what's come out of it is is a task for the guest, okay? So I'm going to ask this one for you, Amy. Uh, you just mentioned four amazing roles and just linked it to exactly what people should own and have in their life. Is that in your book or is that going to be a future article? You, you know, I think that's actually embedded in the people chapter of The is Leader it? You Want to Be. Uh, and it was also the genesis was a HBR article on uh, your network. So if folks want to, uh, and there may be well, even a few others that I'm not thinking of, but I think at the right. time I was thinking about if you could think about the roles we all need in our life, yeah. sometimes that's it. one person, sometimes that's many yeah. different people. Well, I'm going to go away and read the uh, the people chapter again tonight yeah. because I love, I love those four roles. Okay, I love those. Um, yeah, thank you. That's really, really clear. So, do you, going going back to the the times we're in at the moment, you know, the whole COVID times. What do you think is going to be there that that lasting effect in terms of the way? organizations organize themselves and, and in particular what what impact do you think it's going to have on leadership i think covid it's been interesting watching people respond to this yeah. moment and i think on the positive i have been blown away by leaders in the trenches professionals again this is where leadership is not a title where um, we've seen people rise to the occasion be first movers. When this first hit in March, I had leaders immediately taking action towards really tough decisions, both to protect the performance of the business, but to also handle people decisions with dignity and grace. Um, I think I observe leaders now communicating to their organizations very differently. How do you communicate through crisis? Mm. Um, And I have been really blown away by some of the leaders I see thinking way ahead. What does digitization mean for my business? 
How, what's this going to mean for the competitive landscape? How do I get in front of it? So I think some real meet the moment moments have emerged and we've seen people uh, do that. And then I think the whole question of virtual and flexible workforce is right at the forefront right now as businesses try to decide. Some have opened, some have opened partially, some have essential workforce that are already out in yep. the field and and trying to navigate safety issues uh, while keeping businesses open and thriving. Um, I think we're right at the edge of that right now. It is. It is. Well, I suppose it shouldn't be surprising, but it's kind of been an evolution through this since, you know, January, uh, January one this year. But but it is it has acted as an accelerant and a catalyst for a lot of things which were on the horizon. You know, they were on the technical or strategic functional periphery of many organizations. And it's just it's just forced through that change. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I think that uh, over the coming weeks, months, years, in fact, there'll be these amazing stories come out of how businesses really dealt with COVID. I'm looking yes. forward to the, the leadership stories that haven't been told yet about yep. what people did. We've got the ones from the early days where companies repivoted the business within the space of a week, yeah. right? And th yes. those are amazing, okay? Those truly yes. will stand the test of time already. But I still think that there's more to come that we've not even scraped, you know, scratched upon yet. So I'm looking forward to seeing those. And equally, yes. equally, I'm looking forward to seeing the ones that went bad. Because yes. there's mm -hmm. going to be some people come out of this um, that will wish they, they could have their time again. And we're in the UK, Amy, at the moment, there's a big thing going on about um, our, our job retention scheme was, was funded uh, by the government. And there's yeah. now billions and billions of pounds being uncovered that were fraudulently or incorrectly claimed. Um, right. And I, I personally believe that people are using the term incorrectly claimed in a very generous fashion, okay? So I, yes. I think that that you talked earlier on about ethics and values, okay? Well, yeah. some some leaders are gonna have to sit down and review their own ethics and values out of this. A hundred percent. I do think in crisis or challenge, one's character mm. uh, urges. Yeah. And we're, we're really seeing that. And I think this is going to be a uh, it's already been an introspective period of time. And I think retrospectively, there's going to be so much, Andy, as you described, to learn and gain from this as well. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Um, want to just we're, we're approaching the, the, the end of our time. OK, so I've, I've got a couple of questions left, but there's there's a couple that I really want to ask. And one of them is, again, I want you to give I want to give you the opportunity to give some words of advice for people who you've been at the start of setting up your business, driving it forward, going through growth. And some people right now, because of COVID, will be in that position that mm -hmm. they've they've had to take the decision that it's time to go and set up the business. Right. Because there is no future working for their employer anymore. What advice do you give to those people, please, Amy? I would say to folks, one, if you have, uh, whether the situation is driving it or you've always had the voice inside saying, try to start something on your own, I would say to folks to go for it, right? The chance to uh, self-author that part of your yeah. life and to create and build something uh, is one of life's great, could be one of life's greatest joys. And as long as you hold that in balance with starting and leading your own business can be a 24-7 affair. So <laughs> self-care must be part of the job. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> to, 
have it be sustainable. So be aware if you're leading your own business, what are your time zones and your home zones mm. and be very clear on them for work versus home. Um, and I think for entrepreneurs or founders of any businesses, um, in some ways, it's almost like your baby. So your brand and your identity, your ego gets all wrapped up. They're all together. Yeah. Yep. All yep. together. So again, you have to hold that a little more lightly and stay true to the original vision and mission and not get caught up in, uh, you know, what you think it says about you. That's wonderful. Yeah. And yeah, that self-care is really key. We we, we see too many people that, as, as you say, go out, burn through 18, 20 hours a day, setting up the business. And actually, uh, it's not sustainable. So look after yourself while you're doing it. Yes. Um, and again, you, you you are leading your own company. So you obviously, yeah, we've got to ask you the question, what's your leadership legacy going to be? Oh, my goodness. The word legacy feels <laughs> very powerful. <laughs> I, you know, honestly, I just hope that every day I make a small difference. And I think whether it's coaching somebody one-on-one, -on -one, you recognize that you are being given a gift to enter into somebody's life in a period of time and you hope to raise their awareness, you hope to help them see that somebody else sees their best self yep. uh, so that they can flourish. And I think when you're one to many, whether you're writing something or speaking to a group or even what we're doing here today for your listeners, my hope is that if someone can just take away one yeah. idea, yeah. one practice, one resource, that makes a difference to their life, then I will say, you know, I can look back and feel good about what we've done here. Fantastic. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that you're, you're easily going to do that. I'm, I'm quite sure. Uh, you've given some amazing advice so far on the podcast that hopefully people will go away and really think about and really reflect. And that's one of the key things for people to do. Uh, and in terms of those resources, uh, Amy, what resources would you like to leave our listeners with today, please? I would say that uh, one, Ian, you mentioned emotional intelligence. So I would yeah. just shout out to HBR has a new emotional intelligence series out Wonderful. with book uh, titles like confidence, focus, presence, mindful listening that I think is really wonderful. And I, I've had the nice benefit to contribute some articles to. Yeah. And then for the book, Andy, that you've mentioned, you can go yep. to www.theleaderyouwanttobe.com for more information or our firm's website, www.paravispartners.com, uh, for any information that folks might be seeking. That's incredible. And um, we'll also post the link to your LinkedIn profile so people can connect with you on there um, and possibly reach out and, and, again, have an awesome conversation with you. Um, and, uh, again, I just want to reiterate, I've, I've been on all of those websites. I've read the book. There's some amazing stuff there. It's, it's incredible what you guys are doing at Paravis as well. Um, and we're absolutely delighted that you managed to join us today. So thanks very much, Amy. Thanks so much for having me. And thank you for what you're doing here for your listeners and bringing all of us together. I really appreciate it. An absolute uh, awesome podcast today. And, th and thank you so much for sharing some of your insights and your experience. It's been really, really good. Thank you. Thank you, Ian. It's my pleasure. Oh, no, it's, it's our pleasure. It really is. So so we're we're at the end of our time uh, with, with Amy. And um, I, yeah, we had a great talk before we even started recording. Yep. And we might even continue it now after we stop recording. So uh, I'm re really privileged, Amy, to speak to you. Uh, so thanks, everybody, for listening today. Um, please uh, subscribe and like for uh, to keep in contact with us to gain access to the next podcasts. But today, that's the end of Leadership, the Future and Tea with our very special guest, Amy Jensu. Thank you very much, Amy. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye, Thank everyone. you, Amy. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership, the Future, and Tea. Please take time to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. You can also leave us a comment with topics you would like to hear in the upcoming episodes. Thank you.